At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Off the ball. GAA. Typically, I think people who aren't paying attention, right, see the Croaks results or see them winning or see them continue and go, oh, the Man City of club football. It's just not true. Like, they scrape through often a lot of these games. I understand <laughs> that you're you're trying to year it away. I'm not. The biggest club in Ireland they, not they, being favourites who are like... They to blitz teams. That's okay. what I'm saying. There oh, tends to be... Okay. Like, Ashling made the point, right, there was four points in it, really, yeah. at the end of that game yesterday. The goal oh. was kind of a thing that happened, but four points in it. It's not... Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Hurling on Off the Ball with Borgosh Energy, proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship. Tommy Walsh is, before I met him and got to know him, he was already one of the greatest hurlers that ever played the game. You know, nine all stars in a row, forwards, midfields, back. I mean, he was just the complete package. The most heart of any player I've ever played with, and most probably the most genuine player I'd ever played with as well in terms of the effort he gives on the field. I think the, <laughs> the best thing about Tommy is he's just unbelievable crack off the pitch. <laughs> I was lucky enough to play with Paul from 2011 right up until 2014. The one thing I'd say about Paul, an old school teacher of ours, Dennis Philpott from Cork, said, you have to go after the ball like you loved it. And Paul Murphy loved going after the ball. He was the cornerback that he got the ball before you did. And he was an absolute joy to play in front of for three or four years. One of the best pound-for-pound cornerbacks that has played the game. And um, it's great to see him again. Yeah, so Tom, it's actually strange enough when you're coming in the door there. Do you know when you're coming to Snowland Park after all the years of training? Like, it's kind of funny the way the feelings come back at you as you're coming in. It's like you're almost coming into training. But I was only thinking, like, you know, the dressing room you would have went into when you started was completely different to me. Like, when I first called into training, it was around 2008, 2009. So what year, what year were you called in? I came in, as well as Paul, uh, 2002. So after the Leinster final. Yeah. Um, they're after barely getting over the line be a pint. So they brought in a few lads after that Leinster final, trying to, you know, push it on another bit. So, yeah, it was the dressing room over there and there was huge characters there. Like, you know, you had Andy Comfort, Charlie Carter, Tots McAvoy, yeah. Peter Barry. Like, no more, I'd say, than when you came in. They're yeah. just heroes that you never thought maybe you'd play with. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly you're marking them or sitting beside them over in training. And yeah. Just huge, huge I characters. I always found it re- like kind of surreal when, you know, when you're going from being a supporter and every player kind of has it, but you don't think about it at the time. Like, you think, sure, I might get a call in with Kilkenny, you wouldn't know. But it kind of happens fairly quick then when it does come about. And you end up like that. Like, I remember the first day I went in, it was over in Kieran's. We were actually training. And uh, it was actually Martin Fogarty he called me. I thought it was a lad pranking me. I, just <laughs> I said, there's no way. And I'd never spoken to Martin Fogarty. And do you know the way Martin Fogarty is? Like, he'd sneer you straight away. So I was like, ah, this is someone winding me up. And sure, that was 2008. Like, so you were really going well. So I was kind of thinking, like, you know, I was hurling intermediate with the club at the time. Yeah. I said, there's no, what are they looking for me for? And I was, well, granted, I was with the under-21s with Kilkenny. 
But I remember going in and like I was poking across the field with Hoagie, like Brian Hogan. Yeah. I remember being pure nervous because I was like, mm. this fellow's going to think I'm a clown if I miss the ball. <laughs> if I he did and think that. <laughs> <laughs> he still thinks that. <laughs> but I remember that. Like, but was there any of that for you? Like, I sure there was, when I went in, it was stacked with, with the whole lot of E. And like, you're nearly nervous talking to boys. But like, obviously, you mentioned a few boys there. But was there anyone in particular that was like, you were kind of going, you really wanted to impress nearly? Yeah, actually, I wanted to impress them all, really. Um, yeah. Like, you had DJ there. He came back in the same time and just brilliant to me, brilliant to all the young fellas that time. So that was 2002. So Kilkenny were very strong at the time. Mm. Like, they were after winning the All-Ireland in 2000. So they were one of the great teams at the time. So they were all stars. Yeah. Henry was only there since 99, but already he was after winning a couple of All-Stars, being brilliant in the 2000 All-Ireland final. Mm. Um, 2001 then, I suppose it was the one that probably changed Cody's mindset, was when Galway beat him in the semi-final. Yeah. So there was a bit of a change over. That's probably why we came in then as young fellas then in 2002. And yeah. I came in later on the summer, but the panel was hungry and fresh. So it had the young fellas coming in, but it also had the experience of the characters. Andy Comfort was the captain that year. Mm. He was a phenomenal captain. Mm. Uh, a leader that, you know, is probably one of the first great leaders that I came across. He put in his, his head where another lad wouldn't put his hurl in the dressing room. Like if he called out your name, he kind of had a thing that time. He might mention a few names that he expected, you know, to, to turn up this Sunday yeah. and play in a performance. And um, if he mentioned your name, <laughs> <laughs> you were expected, of, you're expected yeah. to do it and yeah. you expected yourself to, to turn it up because it meant a lot coming from the captain, you know, yeah. and, and a lad that everyone looked up to. And, you know, he, he put in a, a huge effort that year as regards from probably November, December. Like, he, yeah. he was just led from the front and it's not always easy as captain no no and, um, he, was, he was a very good captain as well it suited, it suited Andy Comfort and then you had Peter Barry then he was a lad we all looked up to because he would die for you like and mm. uh, like on the hurling field I remember JJ often said that he said to him when he was young you would just go on out in front and try and win the ball because if you miss it I'll be there to help you mm. and he didn't just say it in the dressing room he was there every time and backed it up and Peter Barry was probably you know Cody's general yeah. in them early days and um, he was the role model mm. you had to look after yourself you know off the field on the field everywhere he was always mentioned though wasn't he Peter Barry like I never shared the dressing room with Peter Barry but like there was a few kind of names that when we were you know big matches Brian would bring a few names out like you know and mention this lad or that lad, but Peter Barry was always one of the lads there and I think for the likes of myself you know, maybe the likes of Richie Hogan, these lads, I don't think shared the dressing room with him. You always kind of looked at the likes of Peter Barry. He was a lad who I only ever saw on the field. Yeah. But you always kind of wondered, you know, what was that? But it's, I suppose, it's one of the biggest compliments you could give to a player to say that, you know, long after they were gone, their name was mentioned in the dressing room. You know, yeah. like you were saying that when you came on first, Brian was probably looking to bring a few younger lads into the dressing room and kind of, younger lads bring a kind of an edge to the whole thing as well. And they maybe inject a new bit of blood into it because sometimes when a younger player comes in, there's a, if they come in with a bit of disregard nearly into the dressing room that they don't care who they're marking, that can nearly freshen the whole thing up big time, you know. And just always thought that it was funny when you said that, that Brian was always kind of looking out for lads like that who, you know, who could I bring in here now and would kind of shake things up. Because I remember, like, the year eventually when I made it, 2011, I remember kind of being dropped a few, two or three of the years, maybe because I came on training panel in 2008, League 2009 dropped, League 2010 was dropped after that. I remember just kind of saying, look, I'm sick of being dropped and going yeah. to go in here now and not do anybody any favours you know and I always remember up in Ballaragget we were training one night I don't know the way you'd be doing the runs we used to do these runs remember you used to do a big square so you might run 100 metres you get to yeah. the far end you could do 30 push-ups you'd yeah. get up and you'd sprint but like it was kind of a pace of like 75-80% remember Mick Dempsey we yeah. <laughs> I remember I'd done 
serious winter training that winter and I came back fresh and I said I'm going to hit the ground running here with these boys and I took off I remember Larks was in the group and Larks ate me for the whole night because <laughs> I kept running at 100% showing off showing off but I was there going there's no way I'm not, not like I'm not doing anybody any favours here if a fella's suffering because I'm running faster than him let him suffer mm-hmm. I remember Larks then Larks would be grumpy at the best of times like you know Larks like will you slow down will you you know <laughs> 75% this, this is all I could hear but I remember that night like you know you're you're obviously in the zone when you're training, but I remember seeing the corner of my eye, kind of Cody laughing. Like very rarely you see him laughing, but he loved that kind of competitiveness. Or do you know, lads were doing a tackling drill, and the ball would be going up and back and forth. But sometimes on the night, there could be two lads, like Joey Holden and Colin Finley, could be there, and the ball mightn't go back across the other side of the field because someone gets a block, gets a hook, yeah. and suddenly Brian would be turned and he'd be zoned in on this. That these two lads, it's one ball, yeah. but. And I always thought that Brian was, that was something that he looked for. But like, in fairness, when you go back there, let's say, to the time that both of us were in the dressing room, like, there's so many times you can think of all that brilliant stuff where you just knew like, God, we're, we're really going at yeah. it here. Like, and you know that when it came to Sunday or Saturday, playing great teams, like the, the great teams we played against, that, well, you know what? We're doing everything we possibly can here to actually go out and beat this team. And it meant to tear each other apart, really, didn't it? Yeah, well, like in 2008 against Watford, like we had three or four future hurler years sitting on the bench. Yeah. They weren't 18 year olds. Yeah. Like just, you know, that was the competitiveness of it. Brian and the management, Mick and, and Martin that time, and all of Noel Ski and Johnny Welsh, like they were able to extract everything out of everybody, I felt. Mm. Yeah, and if you weren't able to give it then if you didn't have that competitiveness in it you were gone yeah. and it wasn't they didn't drop you you kind of knew yourself then yeah. at that stage yeah. because you got a chance yeah. if you were good enough and, and you gave it everything sure what age you were in 2011 well, in 2011 I was 22 at that stage 2008 I was with the 21s and I was 19 yeah. I was called in the Kilkenny team at that time was so competitive and across all clubs in Kilkenny you know there was huge competition and we really there was such a massive pool of players really yeah. to pick from but coming in those times I just remember going, like, I was sitting on the sideline there and you were proud as punching one way as a 19-year-old because you were like, gee, I didn't think I was capable of coming in here with these group of lads. I always say 2011, like, that was kind of the dream All-Ireland for me because I was in a a back line of, it was me, Noel Hickey, Jackie, yourself, Brian and JJ. Like, I felt like a tourist in a corner back. (laughs) I was like, hold on, I know why the rest of the boys are here, but why am I here? But, like... when I was cornerback, I always thought, well, I have one job here in that if it's coming in on top of Noel Hickey, the other lad isn't going to catch it over Noel. Noel, like, used to give lads a, a, a torrid time. Like, he just so physical on that. Yeah. But then you were unbelievable at like, competing at the balls there. So, like, I always just went, well, time your run here because the boys at the worst is going to break and I'm yeah. going to be on to the break and that's my job. I'm not going up competing with balls, you know, and oh, even the photo with you with uh, the catch in 2011, I'm blurred out in the background because I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm running for the break. <laughs> sure the break never came. <laughs> the one where you go up and catch it, like, I always be saying that, you know, I had the greatest view of that catch that day. I always thought of the teams, uh, I came in in 0-2 and I, I felt that, I played with you know when you're talking to super, world-class superstars, mm. you're talking about Pele, Messi, Maradona, Tom Brady, LeBron, Michael Jordan, mm. you know, I, golf, Tiger. and Yeah. I played with five of them in Hurling. Yeah. Yeah, DJ first, then Henry, mm. then JJ, then TJ, and Eddie Kerr. 
You hardly any hair. Hold on I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> when he was manager, my father was on <laughs> over 40, you see, with, with, with Kikini. Yeah. Kerr was manager. So Eddie Kerr was the manager of Kikini over 40s. My father was on it. Yeah. Back and how many years ago it was then. And I hit two or three balls back to him. <laughs> 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 and it was ten, he was 10 out of 10 now. <laughs> Looking back, when you come in here, you're talking about the very start. Like I think the first thing it does is it just brings back all the memories. Mm. Okay, and it's full and you're in a club matches, no, because you're busy, you're talking to people and you're looking at the programme and stuff. But when yeah. you come in in this type of a scenario, nobody here of a Saturday, like, yeah. so you remember everything, like, you yeah. know, and... Uh, it's just it's, it's it's an incredible place really of memories more than that like everything was always done yeah. to make sure that a team played out here whether it was under 10s or it was a senior team you know yeah. in Ferris County Board they'd always try and get you in here if you know where at all possible even if it was a final because it yeah. added a small bit more to it like if there was a final and I remember playing we played a junior county final here in 2006 and we've been junior for you know 70 odd years and like even coming in here, some of our team had never played in Nolan Park, yeah. you know. And not to say that, you know, you'd play a junior county final anywhere else, but you know what, looking back in those games, it was probably one of the only times some of the boys played in Nolan Park. Somebody's played a few more times, but just that day being here in Nolan Park and there, maybe the crowd wasn't huge, but it was all your own club mates and it was all your neighbours and all this stuff and like but but the fact that it was a final here and I'd say, Oh, I won a county final in Nolan Park, yeah. that in itself, um, I know like some of us might have went on to bigger days, but they were always special ones. Yeah, I suppose Morfshire, um, the exciting part of probably coming in in the senior panel was, you know, you came to Langton's after training, every training, and you got a meal, and yeah. you, you were saying you got a choice of... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't turkey and ham anymore, it was, there's one or two other options on the menu. Yeah, that meant you, you're after making the cut from a minor hurler, 21 hurler to a senior hurler, but yeah. I suppose coming back in here again today, like, sure, just some of the most magical memories were in here with Langton's. And like you often hear people talking about like, you know, as, as Brian's, you know, a major thing was the spirit of the group. And, you know, we often probably talk about it and probably it's about, you know, nights out after games and all, but yeah. it was probably the likes of in here was even more important again, yeah. which was three, four times a week after training. Mm. You're absolutely, you know, after your tongue was out after training and you're barely able to walk. At least you knew you were going down to a lovely <laughs> meal yeah. with we all round a little group mm. and just laughing and chatting and having the crack and we wouldn't even talk about hurling. No, no, no. Lads would be talking about Love Island and all this. <laughs> that, that was it towards the end. It was whatever was on, like lads would be talking yeah, everything. Everything other than hurling really, pretty much, yeah. like, you know, at the odd time, but it was what lads were watching on Netflix and all this crack. And it was probably your window then where you were sitting down and it was another extension of the whole bonding, really, wasn't it? Like, you know, and then you know, even like the nights you come in here after a match, though, as well, and the place would be jammed. Yeah. And, you know, you'd, you'd be obviously off talking to your friends or whoever away from the panel, but then, you know, you'd meet you at the bar or something, then it sure was gas. It was like, oh, geez, there's Tommy now, there's Jackie, whatever. So, you know, there were so many of those, those big nights and everything that it was just like down to stories you'd have in here. And, you know, um, it was obviously a huge part of it. But in fairness, the one thing I would say about us, um, often a lot of lads would, would, would ask you, you know, particularly around you know, having a few points and stuff, like, you know, we always, I suppose, valued what that brought to us in terms of releasing a bit of pressure after a game. You, know, you, you spend so long building up to a game, the nerves, the pressure, you know, um, and after the game then, 
you kind of, I suppose, a chance to release, release that pressure and talk yeah. about, you know, how the game went, all the trainings in the run up to it, and really kind of, I suppose, particularly after you won, like mark that and say, yeah. you know, we, we were after working really hard the last few weeks and celebrating it, you know. Yeah. And in fairness, we did do it. We did do it well. Like there was no, there was no egos. No, so no, there was. Them boys no. looked after you. It didn't matter whether you were five years younger than or five years older than them. Yeah, you were a part of their close. Yeah, and it meant yeah. a lot. It did, especially with a young person coming in because mm. as you said earlier on, you're kind of coming in maybe wondering, do you mm. even fit in? Yeah, in this yeah. intercounty setup. Yeah, and suddenly then you don't feel like it for a while. But yeah. the more you get to know the lads, and then in the games themselves then you're surviving and maybe starting to blossom yeah and then yeah. suddenly you're part of the group like yeah you know. yeah so. I, I always remember and it kind of I, I said it one time it was at a medals night I think it was 2014 or something and I, it was out of my mouth before I realised what I said but then I kind of said Jesus actually when you think about it it's a huge thing it, I just basically said that um, you know you could put any two players let's say in 2014 but it applied to many years that you could put any two players on the panel together whether they were first year on the panel whether it was their tenth year put them together and they'd have a bit of crack yeah. and they'd sit down and they'd have something in common. And when I thought about that afterwards, after saying it, I was like, that's a very rare thing to have. But if you do have it in a group of players, you're onto a good thing already. That you have yeah. such a mix where the young players feel welcomed into the group, they feel like they're a big part of it, and it feels natural and normal to be there. And also the older lads, I suppose, recognise that, that they have a role to play in terms of bringing them lads into it. But you think about those dressing rooms, like, you know, get on the bus after a game or anything. You could have anybody sitting beside anybody yeah. and it didn't matter. Like, you know, it didn't matter. And I think when any time, you know, we, we were really flying it, that was always at the core of it, like, where it was yeah. just a great group mixing together. But, like, it's, it's funny now when you go back to being a supporter now, like, yeah, you've completely closed that door now. So, like, I'd, I'd always say now that I wouldn't have a clue, like, my opinion of... Kenny at the moment would be completely based off I can't look too much back at our time because it's changed now and the game has changed as well but like you look at the lads there who are currently playing at the moment like you know and, and Hurling has gone to another level in terms of physicality in terms of even the, a lot of times when we were playing it was 50-50 balls landed down but now the systems that are in place you know it, it is a different landscape for being a player now um, and obviously Limerick have brought have raised the bar for everything you know, they've raised it up and other teams now are stepping up and teams will step up. Invariably, look, Limerick are up there now and it won't be a case of Limerick taking a backwards step. It'll be a case of other teams stepping up and, you know, you see with Kenny there, you know, the likes of Adrian Mullen and Cody, these boys, like, those boys could have hurled in any generation, you know, Hugh Lawler, all these incredible hurlers and I'd be looking at these lads saying, like, they absolutely, like, is... People will look to see is there not Ireland in Kilkenny at the moment, you know, with, with Limerick being there. Absolutely there is. I have no doubt about it. I believe that like you have to just, whoever you're playing next, that's who you have to gear for. Hmm. And the biggest example for that was 2019. Nobody thought anyone could beat Limerick. Yeah. And Tipperary were on the other side of the, the draw, we'll say the semi-finals. Suddenly Kilkenny shock him in the semi-final. Tip then and Kilkenny will always be a 50-50 All-Ireland final. Tipperary are All-Ireland champions. Hmm. So towards if Tipperary had to talk about that, probably logically, we can't beat Limerick. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they never had to worry about them because Kilkenny beat them. Mm. So I, I think every county team at the moment has to think like that. Mm. The only team that we have to worry about is the next team we play. I'd always look back at under 21s mm. as a big kind of a, 
you know, a, a prediction for the future. And, and Cork, after winning a couple under 21s, and they seem to be coming. Mm. Um, Kilkenny, obviously, of Adrian and Owen Cody, they've great backs in Mikey Butler and, and, and Hugh Lawler and Morph on the goal. So, listen, there's always a chance, but they've, they've brilliant players there, Kilkenny, and the future is bright mm. because there's young players coming through every year. Yeah. You look at the minor, I'm looking at Kilkenny under 15s under-14s at the moment, just fabulous players coming up along. Mm. So you just have to, you know, bide your time and when the opportunity arises, like it did for Tipperary in 0-19, yeah. take yeah. it. And patience is a huge thing with it as well, you know, like, I mean, yeah. I think any player, like, if you give, it's no more than, like you were saying earlier about selecting players for a team, you have to give a lad his opportunity and maybe be patient, like, you know, and trust that, and like, yeah, one or two of the years, is, you know, a few years is not going to work out for Kilkenny, but being patient and allowing players to develop and bring it to another level is a huge part of it. And, you know, there's there's a core group of players there. Invariably, players will step away over the next few years that have won All-Irelands, and that experience will go from the dressing room. But, you know, just, I personally myself have great faith in, in, in the lads who are there. And you see, like, Billy Drennan even coming through. Like, yeah. you know, another stylish the forward. Fella. And Derek's under-20 team that won the All-Ireland as well. Again, there's great players coming through from that. And it'll take a few years. You know, it'll take a few years for them lads to step in. And But, you know... It's, it's, it's exciting when you see those lads coming through and it's also exciting to step in, back into the stand and watch these lads yeah. develop and, you know, your day is done, your day is finished, you'll never go back there. So enjoying these lads now, for me anyway, is the, I think is the next best thing to it. Well, Paul Murphy, his best position was right corner back and he was a crowd favourite because no matter where the ball was, Paul was afraid of nobody. He went after it. And he was able to hit the ball 100 yards with a clearance and got the crowd in their feet. So for any Kenny supporter, that's why they probably loved him. Because he was never hiding behind his man. He was never afraid to make mistakes. He went after the ball. And if he missed it, he just went back and won it again. When I picture Tommy, if I was in the stand, he was right half back, jersey untucked, red helmet on him. And the hurl is, you know, you can see it's almost like a weapon. He's, he's ready to go, he's ready to rock. And you can just see there's fire in the belly with him. You know, the stance, the pose, everything about him, you just know there's fire there. And Tommy had this, this ability that Henry hitting the back of the net was unbelievable in terms of lifting the crowd. You know, TJ getting the ball and putting it over from a place was unbelievable. But Tommy Welch catching a ball, oftentimes, would nearly be the platform for us winning the match. Hurling on Off The Ball with Board Gosh Energy proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship 